new drained game announced. Turner Pinball buys Deep Root Pinball's IP. Case against John Popperdew is resolved. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined tonight by... Hi, I'm Martin Evan, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, and I'm here with Jonathan to talk about all the exciting events that took place in the pinball world in the month of November 2022. And what an exciting month it has been. Yes, I guess that's kind of true. It's well, we had certainly well, been plenty happening. But yeah, well, we had the Dutch Pinball Open Expo where we uh, both were uh, present and uh, did our quiz and 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 more stuff and so on. And you wrote a great article about that. So we had an exciting month. Oh, we did indeed. Yes, yeah, certainly been busy for us. Um, it's there's been quite a bit going on. So uh, let's talk about what what has happened in the pinball world and uh, dive straight in. I suppose with our very first headline. Oh, we're in a rush here. Oh well, come on. There's no point to hang about if we've got a lot of things to to do, uh, cover, and uh, who knows where it will lead. So right. uh, yeah, the first story: a new game announced for the Multimorphic P3 pinball platform. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what that game is, John? Well, a little bit, because I don't know that much about it. Um, the game is called Drained, um, and it's developed by uh, Nick Baldrich, um, uh, who also goes by the, the company name uh, For Amusement Only Games. Mm -hmm. um, he did several uh, uh, other uh, uh, sort of games for uh, the P3, but those were based on existing modules and uh, so we're talking about the uh, ranger in the ruins silver falls um flipper fox Shot rhythm explosion um but this drained game actually comes with a completely new playfield module yeah it's the first uh, non-multimorphic playfield module that's been been announced I yeah first for uh, the the first third party Playfield for the P3 platform. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, uh, uh, it's a bit of um, electromechanical pinball uh, oriented. It brings back some features uh, from those days, like a gobble hole, uh, lots of uh, targets, and so on. Um, and uh, uh, artwork is by uh, uh, Molly Nix. Uh, wife, uh, the game uh, features 54 unique songs by uh, Chris Wolf music. Charles, Wolf. sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, I wasn't confused. Um, and uh, the module and uh, including old code and uh, upcoming updates and so on costs uh, $3,500, uh, and that includes uh, artwork and plastics as well to. Uh, uh, and uh, even decals, I think, to uh, uh, mm -hmm. customize your stand-up targets, so that it's all uh, um, one uh, one one bit. And I think uh, the game is, um, as I can, uh, I think it has something uh, Dracula type of theme to it, but I'm not exactly sure. I haven't yes, seen it's, um, the story is about. Um, uh, Two, two youngsters who go into a park and discover a, uh, a an abandoned castle, which turns out, as you do, you know, well, uh, turns out to be uh, occupied or 
populated by uh, various vampires. And, uh, of course, what happens when you find vampires? Well, you're, you naturally have to go and kill them all. So that's, um, that's wow. kind of what the, the, uh, the premise of the game is, the storyline. And, uh, yeah, as you said, it's, it's got a, a very much a sort of old-school feel to it, with the, with the gobble hole being an important part of the, of the game. A uh, single pop bumper, lots of uh, stand-up targets and some drop targets there as well. A uh, single level, no ramps or anything like that. And a couple of uh, reverse kickouts from the the ball trough, so it launches onto the upper playfield, yeah. uh, which is uh, something we've seen before. Uh, but quite some of the other games sort of brought the ball down onto on a wire form down to the flippers, so you started there. But uh, the game starts up there, and it's got a couple of uh, kickers as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, look, so, con- con- look, congratulations to uh, to Nicholas uh, Baldridge for mm-hmm. uh, uh, achieving this uh, milestone, as we might say, uh, first playfield unit. And um, uh, I have a feeling that we might see more of uh, of Nicholas. Uh, as he's, he's quite. Um, he embraced the, uh, the 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 P3 platform to uh, to develop new games. So I don't think he's done yet. No, definitely not. Um, he's quite active on Pinside, and I was following his uh, his his thread there where he, he he first announced this game. I think also a year ago, and uh, has been uh, documenting his progress on it. So it, uh, if you've been following that, the the existence of the game is no great surprise. But uh, certainly nice to see it uh, made public now and uh, brought and released for people who want to buy it. And uh, unlike the other games, you which you can get for the P3 pinball platform, you, you buy this one through his his website rather than through the Multimorphic uh, uh, store. Right. So you'd go to uh, for amusement only games. And or search for four amusement only games, and you can uh, you can buy it from from him. I think he has a, a custom um, uh, URL. I think uh, drainpinball.com is uh, is his. That as sounds well. familiar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so uh, uh, and the good thing about that is that uh, if uh, since you're ordering from Nick directly. Um, if you already have a, a, a P3 and you're looking for a new game, um, you're not in the queue at Multimorphic for them to uh, to build your Playfield module as it's coming from a third party. So That's right. Yeah, Nick is actually building them all himself. So, uh, oh my God, but that means he has no time left over <laughs> to, to develop new games. Well, I'm sure he's a, a multitasking guy. He can, he can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, congrats to Nick and yep. uh, Multimorphic. Um, I don't think there was much other news from Multimorphic. Uh, uh, they sent out an update last month, which we already discussed in our previous uh, episode. So yep. no need to get back to that. So no, nope. well, so I think we're right. So we can we can uh, charge on and move on to our second headline, which is about Turner Pinball buying uh, a a bunch of Deep Root Pinballs intellectual property. Right. Now, uh, Turner Pinball, of course, are adamant that they are not Deep Root Pinball 2.0 or indeed related in any particular way to Deep Root, but they do seem to keep buying Deep Root assets of some kind or other, be they physical. We all have a fascination, I suppose. (laughs) Well, yeah, they have to go somewhere and uh, maybe maybe they're uh, able to, to, uh, to score a really good deal. 
on these. Um, it well, seems like they, they've done quite well. And um, Chris Turner seems to, seems to have plenty of money to spend on all this stuff. Where it's going to lead um, is anyone's guess, but uh, we will find out in due course. But the assets um, were part of the bankruptcy hearing for Deep Root Pimble, mm-hmm. or Deep Root Tech, or Deep Root uh, Group of Companies. And uh, Turner Pimble, or Chris Turner, put in a, a, a bid to to buy these uh, these particular IP assets. They were not... Um, the, the, the bid was accepted by the court, and uh, so he picked up a whole bunch of uh, intellectual property, which includes uh, the rights, title, and interest, including inventions and copyright to game rule documentations, art, models, animations, design, mechanical drawings, trademarks, licenses, and all the other stuff, um, as well as the highly sought-after trademarks for Pin pod, pin armor, and pin bar. Ooh! In relation to pinball, one assumes. Um, I imagine if somebody actually wanted to open a pinball bar and called it the pin bar, then that would not be uh, a breach of the trademark. But I, 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 I would call it a lock bar. <laughs> but I don't think many people would understand what that means. <laughs> no, no, it could have a, a different uh, connotation to it if you did call it that. Um, and then there's um, all the sort of software stuff, which uh, was al- already being developed by his own company, Turner Logic. So um, it's uh, the Pinball Machines API and mobile API, iOS apps and things like that. And, um, and also get the, co- the code and the rules for Deep Root Machines. And, uh, which he well, coded himself, by the way, but still. Yeah. Indeed, uh, and all the intellectual property, and this is where it starts to get a, bit, a little more uh, confusing, intellectual property acquired as part of the Zidware settlement from Zidware, John Popperduke, Jeremy Packer, uh, a.k.a. Zombie Yeti, and Jim Askey uh, of My Pinballs or uh, Apple Juice on uh, Pinside, including but not limited to art, design, innovations, copyright, and trademarks for Raza, Magic Girl, Alice in Wonderland, and Space Mission X, more of which we will come to a little bit later in this pincast. Yeah, because that's where it conf- gets confusing. Yes, so this is, this is uh, a bunch of assets which were apparently transferred to Deep Root from John Popperduke and Zidware when he went to work for them. So, we, uh, I won't go any more into that because, uh, I say, it'll come up again later. And uh, But anyway, suffice to say, it includes, includes what Deep Root owned of that. And uh, there are also the, the Raza prototype machines as uh, produced by Deep Root as well. So, um, but there are also, those ones, already, some of them have already been sold, but there are a couple which were sent out for testing, um, for UL testing, yeah. And um, the exact whereabouts of one of them is not not known, um, I don't believe, yet. It's it's known where it was. It was a testing facility, but that was a long time ago, and uh, these testing facilities tend not to hold on to your equipment um, once it's been tested uh, if you don't come pick it up, particularly if you don't come pick it up for many, many months. Right. So, so it might well have been trashed by now or taken off to some unknown location. 
I can imagine that there might be some employee figuring like, hey, if you're going to trash a pinball machine, I'll load it up and I'll, uh, I'll take it home. Yeah, possible. Yeah. But uh, whether I would. Whether well, you would, yeah. Whether they'll, whether they'll admit to, to that when um, somebody comes knocking on their door saying, uh, what happened to that pinball machine is another matter. It may, it may, uh, may yet um, turn up somewhere. Right. So, oh well. Um, yeah, um, so that yeah. was, um, you have to kind of wonder what's going to happen to all this stuff. You know, they've got all these rights and um, artwork and, and software and uh, trademarks and things, but um, what use are they if you're not going to make those games? And if you are going to make those games, then can you claim that you're not Deep Root 2.0? Well, uh, in, in this case, I think, um, as far as I can see, Turner uh, is, is currently a one-man band. And um, if he wants to actually make games, he will probably need to, if he's smart, work with a party that already has figured out manufacturing. Uh, for example, an American Pinball or a Chicago Gaming. Uh, who might be open to uh, to collaborating with him and then figuring out like okay which of these games is actually worthwhile taking into production? Yeah, well, I agree, uh, and I don't think any of this is particularly helpful. Any of the assets bought were particularly helpful as far as manufacturing goes. So I don't think um, although there was there was some equipment that was, that was sold previously that did it, that would be useful. But it's, uh, as we know, as we've seen many times in the past, there's a big difference between designing pinballs and manufacturing pinballs. And it's normally the manufacturing part where, where people come unstuck. So, right. yeah, I agree with you entirely. It's, it makes sense to, to uh, contract manufacture them somewhere else or, uh, or at least work with another company. And you know, maybe as a uh, you know, third-party supplier of designs to that company in the same way that Riot Pinball did with uh, American Pinball. Yeah, for example. Came to with, with a game, and uh, American Pinball developed it for manufacturing and, and sold it. So, you know, Turner Pinball could, could do a similar thing. Right. But, you know, it again, it's it's not really that clean break, is it, from Deep Root, if you come, if you come to them with a whole bunch of Deep Root titles. Oh, well, you can rename them, and, or uh, maybe some designs need some, uh, some, some tweaking. Um, uh, I'm sure in the end it will be sort of like a joint effort, and um, uh, I yeah, think the, the well, the, the thing with the in, in the in the pinball community is um, uh, unlike other cases, uh, it's not like many pinball companies or pinball people or enthusiasts invested in Deep Root and lost money. Other people did, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that was right or wrong or what happened there. I'm not going to, to straighten that out but um, I think if uh, a company like American Pinball would come out with a food truck game uh, Pinball enthusiasts will probably just look at that as like okay yeah it's a, a game that was designed by uh, or developed by Deep Root and now it's an American Pinball game or a Turner Pinball game whatever you want to call it um, and in the end all that matters is do I like it or do I uh, uh, or not yeah. There's a history there, I get it, but in the end, people are very forgiving. If they like the game, nobody cares. 
we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm not convinced. I mean, it's it's the same it's the same thing that um, Robert Mueller did with um, when he started Deep Root. You know, why would you start off your company with a bunch well with with a bunch of tainted assets from a failed company? Well, the, you know, it's 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 not the way anybody would choose to start a company, is it? To start off with so much so much ill will. No, but uh, the reason why Deep Root failed is different than why, for example, Zitware failed. Yeah, but uh, well, yes and no. When 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 Razzle was put up for sale, um, it didn't get min- that many buyers because it was so there was so many so much negative feeling about the game. Right. Yeah. yeah so. it's, uh, but it's a different story once people get to play the game and. They actually can buy it. It's boxed up, and you can take it home. That's a different story than would you like to buy it? And we still have to figure out how we're going to build it. Uh, I agree to a, to a large extent, but again, I get back to my original point. Why? Why would you? Why would you start from that point when you don't have to? You can start from, you know, you, you can you can start and say, you know, we've got this stuff, and and it comes out as a. It's not food truck. It's a completely different title, or it's a themed game. Might use the food truck design if it's particularly applicable to it. Um, oh yeah, I, maybe oh, that's what's uh, going to happen. I, I agree with that. You don't have to stick to the names, uh, but but it's a waste to um, to basically uh, throw those uh, designs in the bin if if they're perfectly usable. And especially a, a beauty like like the pin bar. I mean, we're all waiting for that to happen. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I think we'll see if anybody picks up that particular ball and runs with it. Um, good luck to you if you do. Right. Anyway, um, on the subject of uh, deep root, uh, yes. while we were talking about that, uh, there was a uh, just um, yesterday or. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. Yes, all Robert Mueller's troubles seem so far away because <laughs> they were. Um, it was a, uh, he filed a response to the the claims by the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC's um, allegations about uh, the the collapse of the company, uh, where he basically just denied everything, said uh, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, it was. Um, and, Lots of things he couldn't, uh, didn't have the information about, or couldn't remember, and um, requested a trial. And um, basically, his um, his claim, or they call it defendant's prayer, which is where they say what they want, is um, that the SEC take nothing uh, from him by this action. That the court enters a judgment in favour of him. That he's awarded his fees, costs, and expenses uh, to the maximum extent permitted, and um, any other relief at law or inequity to which he might be justly entitled. So, totally wronged by the SEC. He didn't do anything wrong, and uh, he deserves um, suitable uh, payment uh, for all his time and trouble. Well, imagine if they would, if that would happen. Uh, I'll take a bit of effort to imagine that, but uh, you never know. Um, I'm sure ideal will be struck um, somewhere in between what the SEC wants and what he wants. But uh, as we've seen many times, these things take a long time to actually be resolved. Right, okay. But now, basically, 
um, Mueller can say like, well, you accused me of something. That wasn't the case. It was all going to be a happy ending for everybody. Uh, but because you interfered, uh, I lost my company, went bankrupt, and yada, yada, yada. You have yep. to pay me X amount of money. That's right, yeah. That's right. And reputational damage as well. You know, I, I may never be able to work again. So I'm, In pinball, know. yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Indeed, I don't think. Uh, so in the I end, the, that one coming back. so 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 in the end, the uh, SEC might end up paying, let's say, a hundred million to uh, Robert Mueller. He might actually be able to, with that money, to pay up everybody uh, uh, the, the money that that he took from them in the first place with the. Um, uh, I forgot what they are called. Um, the life insurance policy. Yeah, exactly. Those. Well, he doesn't need to because he's done nothing wrong. No, according to him, so he doesn't need to pay anybody back. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you know. So, so. Uh, okay, so that's, uh, I think that's all the latest news from the uh, the wonderful world of, of Deep Root and uh, the totally unaffiliated Turner Pimple. Yeah, so now there is a related story, uh, but we'll get back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will, yes. So where should we go now? Um, probably, uh, well, I'd say Stern Pinball, uh, which still is the biggest uh, pinball manufacturer uh, currently on the planet, I would say. As far as we know, yes, indeed. And it's been a, well, been a relatively busy time for them uh, with quite a lot of announcements and um, lots of new code as well. Yeah, so, okay. Um, I, I've seen the, 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 the three pages of code that you want to discuss. I, may I <laughs> encourage you not to uh, discuss the entire three pages, but uh, let's stick to the to to the main subjects. And I, I shall be uh, the the master of brevity and keep everything to uh, to a single bullet point. So anyway, so um, latest game, the latest new cornerstone game by uh, Stern Pimble is of course Double uh, O Seven. Um, the, the news related to that game is that the company started shipping the uh, pro model of the game. And production has since shifted to the limited edition of the game. Yeah, still seems to have very early code, or very incomplete code. Yeah, I, th I think they're up to, well, and then we get to your specialty, of course, but uh, I think 0.70 is the current code from the top of my head. Yeah, and um, that was that was November the 22nd, and uh, that was... Just an update, which added the the words "special preview models" to the attract mode and game start display effects. Mm. So we're always, you know, we've seen this on forums. Says assets are not yet approved by a licensor and that kind of stuff. Now it's become a special preview model, which uh, I guess is there to indicate that the code is really early and uh, and so far from complete. Right. So, so if you have a game and you don't update it, is it worth more because it's a special preview model? Oh, well, that's a question. Uh, I assume it doesn't update itself automatically. Well, you have to turn that off to make sure that it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't increase in value because before you know it, it's just a regular pro. Well, one of the uh, earlier mo um, software versions, actually, from, from this month that we're talking about, November, from uh, version uh, 0.63 from the 14th, um, actually put some text on the attract mode 
um, each time uh, and, and each time the start button is pressed that says software update required connect game or update via SD card or USB and demo only <laughs> so they seem to be pretty worried about um, putting any, out assets any. which aren't licensed or may not be complete or yeah. I don't know it's, it's first it's a very strange um, situation. I think this game is is being released way before it's ready to go out into mm-hmm. the public. But I guess there are contractual obligations that mean it, ha- it has to go out. Right. So, oh well. Um, well, anyway, getting back to uh, production. Yeah. Yes, and, so. And, um, so we've seen the uh, the pro and premium and the LE um, models. Right. What we haven't seen is the 60th anniversary. And uh, there's been some news on that, I understand. Yeah, um, George Gomez did an interview with uh, the super awesome pinball show by our, by our uh, a good friend uh, Christopher Frenchy and uh, and the friends, I would say, mm-hmm. and uh, where he indicated, well, he discussed a little bit what what the playfields uh, will be like. It's a single level playfield, contrary to uh, the other models of the game. It's uh, designed by Keith Elwin, as we know. And um, the game is likely to be revealed mid-December. They're only building 500 of them, and uh, pricing is uh, unknown at this point, although there are rumors that uh, distributors are free to set their own price. So, well, that depends what they pay for the game in the first place, yeah. So, um, but... um, yeah, no. Well, it's a, it's a Keith Elwin game, so um, lots of spinners. Uh, what I remember, uh, there's something like an uh, uh, eight-shaped shot that feeds the ball directly back to the flippers. It will have all six actors that uh, portray James Bond in it, and um, uh, I think the in in terms of assets, uh, the uh, Elwin game is using the same musical assets as uh, George has access to for uh, for the Pro Premium and Limited Edition models. So, uh, oh, and the uh, and the game is going to use a screen on the on the playfield. Mm-hmm. They they um, uh, the display from the uh, home. Uh, pinball games is going to be used on the game. So, um, I thought I heard that it was going to have score reels, or is that uh, is that not the case any longer? Um, I think there was a request from the uh, um, uh, the licensor to make it a, an, an actually an electromechanical game. Um, I think uh, Stern talked him out of them, um, but they are sort of. Uh, emulating that uh, on the um, on, on, on the display, and right. the score reels will actually be backlit in some way. So, and apparently, according to George, that looks awesome. So, I'm not sure how they are going to do that, but um, I suppose we're going to find out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, perhaps it could be something like the we saw with the the top of the the Mandalorian, where it's uh, a clear uh, display but backlit. So. Uh, Anyway, that's speculation from my part, but we'll see what uh, they come out with, and hopefully we'll get to see that uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, so, and uh, according to uh, that same George Gomez, who is uh, Vice President of uh, Game Design at Stern Pinball, so not somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about, um, 
CERN is not likely to go back to the three cornerstones uh, per year type of model anytime soon, although he didn't exactly say how long that period would be. Uh, but they have a large uh, backlog of orders that they need to fulfill. So mm. rather um, ship those first and, 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 and sell those uh, before announcing another game. Right. Okay. So uh, and um, kind of implies that they they still have some kind of um, supply chain issues. Then they're not able to you know power through that backlog of orders and get get those all shipped and move on to producing new new titles. Right. Well, it depends which games uh, they uh, uh, where where there's demand for it. If if a certain part is missing for a specific game and you can't get it. Um, you can't make the game. That's basically mm. what it come, comes comes down to. So, um, of course, they have been able to to build well games like Deadpool and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but those are rather recent games. I have no idea what the backlog is for the games that they could not build. I mean, I don't expect them to start building Ghostbusters again, for example, just to name a title. Mm. True. And, uh, unless there was a particular you know, reason, like a new movie or something coming out, or right. a, a reissue or an anniversary edition. Yeah, maybe. so, oh well. So, yeah. anyway, so, um, and speaking of production, um, apparently, and this is from a different source, uh, and this is, uh, um, oh God, and now I might <laughs> <laughs> have the source wrong. I think <laughs> this is from the, uh, uh, the Zach Manny uh, uh, show, of which I'm. Uh, the the name is escaping me as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I could be entirely wrong. Ex- uh, apologies up front. Uh, but uh, apparently Stern sent out a note to uh, distributors uh, indicating that the uh, home edition titles uh, for Star Wars and Jurassic Park um, will uh, uh, not be continued in production. Um, oh. That doesn't mean that Stern is done with the uh, home edition uh, games for uh, uh, future titles, but those titles apparently are not seeing any uh, any new production. That's uh, a surprise. The Jurassic Park one is the Jack Danger one. Is that yes, right? exactly. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. relatively recent uh, release, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I don't know whether that says anything about how that game has been received or um, uh, how the demand for that game is or, or for the Star Wars one. And Star Wars includes the regular one and the comic art one. Um, but uh, I don't know. Mm, I wonder if the licenses are, are running out on those. Well, even for Jurassic Park, that would seem rather quick, I would say. Well, it came out sometime after the the Cornerstone version, right? Didn't it? So maybe the license was for the Cornerstone version, and that is now expiring. And with it goes the 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 choice or the option to do the home version, right? So, oh well, um, it is what it is, I suppose. Well, and, if uh, you want either of those, or you know any of those, I should say the the Star Wars regular or comic art, or the Jurassic Park home games, or thinking of buying them. Now would be the time to get in, and uh, before if you want ends. if you want them new, uh, I'm not yeah. sure how big the market is for those uh, home games, and uh, I'm sure 
you can find them secondhand as well. So yes, and also whether there's a, a, a back order of, of those as well. If you order it now, you know when will you actually get it? Right. So now, um, in uh, I think we were one of the first uh, to uh, to I announce, right. yeah, yeah, to announce that Stern Pinball would be moving uh, uh, their factory. Uh, within Elk Grove Village to uh, to a new facility. Um, yeah, I think you said it'd be about about five blocks away or something like that. Yeah, uh, well, that's what Gary Stern told me. Um, uh, we mentioned it last month, but we also mentioned it earlier on. We have we've mm. actually known for months that Stern was uh, uh, sort of forced to uh, to 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 move lo- uh, to a different facility and. Um, more details have come to light uh, in, uh, on that matter. Uh, it turns out the uh, the address where they will be moving is uh, 1001 Bus Road in uh, Elk Grove Village, which is uh, about uh, th- five blocks away, I'd say, uh, a three-minute drive mm-hmm. um, north of where they are uh, now located. Um, and they're moving into a... Um, uh, uh, 163, almost 164,000 square feet uh, building. Um, keep in mind that they are coming from a 110 square feet uh, facility. 110,000? Right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's not yeah. my native language, people. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so they're increasing about 50% in size, and that's the, uh, the factory area. Um, Surprisingly, we could not find any info on uh, the second building that CERN is moving into because they are actually, what I understood from Gary Stern is they are moving into two new locations uh, where uh, the second one will be a smaller one and they will use that for their uh, woodworking facilities, but we haven't found an address for that yet. Yes, you would assume it wouldn't be that far away. Well, probably not, no. Um, And the... uh, um, uh, the lease with the uh, for for the the building on the, on bus road is a uh, a ten year lease. Um, and the bu- the building is owned by Prologis, mm-hmm. and uh, that lease is set to begin in October twenty twenty three, which I assume will indicate that we won't get a factory tour at the Stern Pinball uh, factory during Pinball Expo next year. Yes, indeed. Uh, that would be the time, almost exactly the same time as, as the show. And uh, it's interesting that uh, I mean, that, that whole area, I believe, is, is owned by Prologis, and uh, the place where Stern are now is also owned by them. So they're going from, from one one of their facilities to another one. So, uh, But we did, we have talk, spoken about this several times, as you say, in the past. Uh, we know that uh, the Prologis want to de- uh, redevelop that whole side of the street where Stern currently are and redeveloped the opposite side of the street uh, a few years ago so it's uh, I think they were they were trying to turn that, that that street into sort of much more high tech and less manufacturing more like server farms and, uh, and cloud computing areas so uh, that would be uh, a, a good reason for Stern to move to an alternative facility. The place where they're moving to is uh, actually looks like a very nice factory for what we've seen. Uh, it's currently occupied by a, a, dist- a, a logistics and distribution company. 
So it has lots and lots of loading docks at the back, far more than Stern will need. But it uh, it does look like a very nice, you know, um, uh, glass and... Um, it looks well, very modern. Yeah, uh, exactly. Very modern-looking building. And, uh, well, it's, uh, it's half as big again as where they are now. And that's just for the manufacturing side, not even uh, including the, the woodworking, as, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, a big expansion for, uh, for Stern. Right, okay. But also a big lease, I believe, uh, 26 million for 10 years. So uh, you can do the math on that. And apparently the move itself is being uh, calculated as a cost factor of uh, $6.5 million. Uh, I'm no expert. I'm... I was kind of surprised by by that number, uh, but like I said, I'm no expert, so uh, I'm sure they had their uh, calculators ready uh, when mm. calculating this uh, number. It doesn't uh, just nobody came up with it like no, uh, it oh, didn't pick it out of thin air. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, and um, well, like we mentioned uh, already last month. Uh, Ray Tenser will be in charge of uh, the upcoming move, and uh, looks like he has a year to prepare. Yes, and uh, uh, I mean that's when um, that's when the when the lease begins is in uh, October twenty twenty three. Right. So whether well, they will move even, in yeah, at exactly that point, uh, we don't know. But um, but yeah, but if there's anything like what uh, what they did last time, it will be a very swift and uh, impressive transfer of operations from the uh, the current building to the new one right um, so yeah we mentioned um, about code so very very quick as as uh, as we can so new code for rush um, came out on the 29th version 102 uh, quite a big update actually for, for rush as you might expect it it's um, it is version. It is past version one, so it, it is full, um, code complete. But they are uh, tweaking and um, adjusting quite a lot of uh, the way the modes work. In that, we won't go into too much about that. Um, it's, it's, not a, more settings. it's not another rushed update. Hey, thank you for that. Um, one of the things which they have added to that, which they are adding to all their games slowly. All, all certainly all the, uh, the Spike Two games is uh, putting um, icons on the uh, display to indicate the Wi-Fi or uh, Ethernet um, signal quality. So you will be able to see if you know uh, if there's a weak Wi-Fi signal, you'll be able to see that on the uh, on the um, attract mode for the Insider Connect screen uh, pages. And uh, the exciting part of the update is that they now blink the selected icon in the uh, service menu. Yeah, that's what we've all been waiting for, obviously. Oh, yeah, I was always yeah. lost in there. That's worth updating just for that alone, I'd say. Um, yeah, I mentioned James Bond uh, Yeah, had, had a whole bunch of updates, um, had four different updates over the past month. So version 0.70 is the current one. Um, none of it's been sort of dramatic, which is a bit surprising because you kind of expect to be moving along in leaps and bounds. But um, no, only a few little features um, and, and quite a lot of fixes have mm -hmm. taken place. Godzilla, um, I got an update um, a couple of days ago. Uh, well, it's had a couple of updates, actually. Um, version 103 is the current one, 
which I think was a couple of days ago, and that's uh, mainly a bug fix for uh, a bug that was introduced in 102. Oh. Uh, which uh, came out a week before. Oh, so, so Stearns, it comes with free bug fixing. Yeah, it might take a week free, or a few days to... to free bugs as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, version 102 had quite a lot of uh, new, th- new things in it, so I think that's definitely worth a, a, an update if, you, uh, if you're considering it. And um, also allows you to have random uh, music for the Godzilla multiball. Um, it's another because it's not always Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, it could be something else. Uh, the game can you can let the game pick if you want to do that, and it's, it's got the same system updates for the icons and stuff. And finally, Beatles. Yes, the Beatles. After all this time, getting an update. Um, really minor, actually. I don't hardly know what they bothered, but uh, version 1.24, right at the beginning of November. Uh, which uh, fixed uh, an issue with the way the high screen, uh, sorry, high score displays were shown on the screen, um, added tilt warnings to instant info and the ability to change songs in the classic mode of play by hitting the hidden left stand up target. Uh, if you didn't know there was a left stand up target, that's because it's hidden. Mm. So, but uh, if you can find it, then you can change the songs um, during the game. And yeah. that's the code. So did they change uh, the code um, as well for hitting uh, the left and right ramp? Or are they hidden as well? Oh, well, uh, it might be hidden, but um, it wasn't included in the update. So, it, But it could be hidden in the update. So right. Who knows? Well, yeah. as far as I know, the ramps are hidden as well. Yeah, that, that would be... Uh, they are hidden ramps, indeed, yeah. Okay, moving on to uh, to what's been happening um, of, across uh, the street. Uh, I'd yeah, say. say a couple of blocks away, rather than five blocks, um, at Jersey Jack Pinball. Yeah, and it's been a, uh, a moderately quiet month for them. No new game announcements or anything like that just yet. Although we we, we have, have an inkling there might be something coming up fairly soon. But maybe not. Maybe told. not. Yeah, <laughs> we were told that. Um, that they're expecting to announce two game titles this year. And we've only had Toy Story 4 so far. And uh, there was a suggestion that it was maybe a contractual obligation to get the second title announced by uh, before the end of uh, 2022. But whether that's the case or not, we don't know. They don't so, change. Yeah, exactly. But... Um, Anyway, they were, um, as, the mo- as Stern were, uh, they, Jersey Jack Pimble were at IAPA, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, IAPA show in Orlando. Now, they had um, four, four Toy Story 4 machines down there and two Guns N' Roses. Um, on, the, on the booth was, uh, was Jack Guarneri, uh, Michael Fox and Ken Cromwell mm. representing the company. And um, also um, at... Uh, in Florida, they were at the uh, Free Play Florida show on the stand of the Little Shop of Games, where those same machines were. Right. So it's, yeah. uh, those two events, um, obviously, well, the free, free Play Florida is uh, almost co-timed with IAPA, but... Uh, I think it's the weekend after... Yeah, that's right. It's uh, designed for those people who are in, in town for for uh, IAPA to also be able to go to Free Play Florida. It makes a, a fantastic week of uh, a pinball fun. Right. Now, uh, right before that, before the IAPA show, there was actually the uh, Dutch Pinball Open Expo in uh, Rotterdam in the Netherlands. 
Indeed there was, held in the Dutch Pinball Museum. Exactly. And uh, Jersey Jack Pinball were well represented there. We, we can talk a little bit more about the, the show in a moment, but uh, both Eric Meunier and Jean-Paul De Win were at the uh, DPO Expo right. and were holding seminars. In fact, they were holding a lot of seminars yeah. into the, uh, the structure of the show. Yeah, um, it's probably worth just mentioning that because it was in, held in the museum, there were a, a limit. Well, in most places, there's a limit. There's a, a relatively low limit on the number of people who could be in the building at the same time for fire and safety regulations. So, um, it was it was uh, set up so that you could um, come in, attend the show in the morning and afternoon, uh, or the afternoon and evening, on uh, on uh, Friday. Uh, Friday was the evening, Saturday um, was split into two, and then Sunday was a separate uh, session as well. So in order to, to, for all those people to be able to enjoy Eric and John Paul's seminars, they did three of them. Yeah, so, the same uh, ones, uh, uh, so to speak. So Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Only the questions at the end uh, were different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the presentations, the, the sideshow and all that kind of stuff was the same, but yes. the information in, in there varied a little bit. I did catch a, a couple of, uh, of instances of the uh, of their presentation, and um, and videoed them as well. More about that later. Yeah. And uh, so yes, yeah, so they were they were talking about uh, well, obviously Eric was talking mostly about Guns and Roses, and, and as was Jean Paul, but uh, also covered the, the whole, whole gamut of JJP games because he's he's worked on them all from the very first uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, up first. Very, uh, very nice presentation. So uh, thank you, uh, Eric and uh, Jean-Paul, for uh, for giving those. Uh, we also have to give a uh, shout-out to uh, Ken Cromwell, who was uh, kind enough to supply us with uh, quite a few uh, prizes for our uh, uh, So You Think You Know pinball quiz that we also did at the uh, Dutch Pinball Open Expo. Uh, we did two of them, and um, we were able to give some... Uh, some Jersey Jack uh, uh, Toy Story 4 translates away and uh, Eric Meunier was kind enough to bring some uh, uh, promotional plastics and, and, and that kind of stuff as Ooh, well that we weren't able yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah that we weren't able to pick up at, uh, at Expo so uh, thank you very much uh, Jersey Jack Pimble for your support yes it was uh, very generous and everybody who uh, took part in our quiz was uh, able to to at least, even if they didn't win any other prizes, they also got a nice selection of uh, Jersey Jack pinball keychains and, and promotional plastics. So, right. uh, yeah, uh, thank you from me too. Right. So, and um, I did see an, a rather interesting uh, announcement on uh, the Jersey Jack pinball Facebook page where they announced uh, Christoph Lienard, um, who runs a company called uh, Pinball Pleasure. As the uh, official distributor for Belgium and the Netherlands for Jersey Jack games, um, now Christoph is already the uh, uh, distributor for Luxembourg and France, uh, as you may know. Um, and uh, there is another distributor in uh, for Belgium and the Netherlands, which is uh, Paul Wijnands. Um and uh, I. Uh, looked at the uh, the distributor page uh, on the Jersey Jack Pinball uh, website, where actually Paul Wynans is still mentioned as the distributor for these com uh, these two territories, and uh, uh, Pinball Pleasure uh, 
only f listed for Luxembourg and uh, France. France. So I'm not sure whether uh, uh, Christoph got uh, Netherlands and Belgium exclusively or whether he has to uh, share them with uh, Paul Wynans and possibly others as well. So, But that was an announcement I figured uh, I'll mention it and that's what, what occurred. I noticed. Mm -hmm. so. Do you, do you know if uh, Christoph has any um, sort of presence in Belgium? No, I don't think so. Presence? No, no. And uh, I think he's based in Luxembourg himself. Um, now, if you consider that uh, the entire uh, country of the Netherlands is probably the size of uh, New York City, um, maybe slightly larger, um, uh, you could probably say that that. that at uh, Luxembourg, uh, ge ge geographically speaking, is like um, uh, sort of like New Jersey, uh, North New Jersey, and then probably the size of I don't know, uh, pick a small. Uh, it's a very small country, so. Yes, um, uh, no physical presence, but. Um, We'll see how that uh, that works out. I mean, uh, uh, do you have to have physical presence? Uh, the distance isn't that far that he couldn't deliver games uh, himself, yeah. but it's not like he has a showroom in Amsterdam or anything no, like that. Or, uh, or uh, no, if you need service calls and things like that, then uh, I'm sure you'd sure be able to work with, uh, with somebody to, uh, to handle uh, those. Right. So... Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that rounds it sort of up for uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. I think it does. So let's um, let's head north and go to well north. Um, we're talking about Belgium and the Netherlands. So north from there and go up to uh, Pinball Brothers. Right. And uh, see what they've been up to in Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they uh, it's 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 a bit of a mix up uh, because uh, they uh, Pinball Brothers shipped a large container of Alien games to uh, uh, the US, but of course uh, it's Pedretti Gaming in Italy uh, who are actually building and shipping these games um, as they are the. Uh, uh, contract manufacturer for um, uh, Pinball Brothers, although there might be a change in that. Uh, um, as I understood, Pedretti and Pinball Brothers are sort of um, uh, intensifying their collaboration. Let's call it that. Oh, okay. Do you think there might be some kind of merger there then? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. no, I don't have the details yet, but it appears to me that that's... Uh, sort of the case, and um, uh, well, the, so the the, the uh, Pimble Brothers Facebook page actually shared uh, a bunch of photos from uh, I think it is the uh, Pedretti facility um, where they are uh, uh, building alien games right now. Still no queen. By no, the way. I was going to mention that next. Uh, we we saw the game revealed at Expo, right? And uh, since then, it's been uh, very quiet. I, mean, I know they uh, they were going to go away and, and and consider some of the responses they had to it before making any further announcements. So I guess that's that's where we are at the moment. But uh, no no timeline or. Uh, or more information on when when Queen will be uh, released or made available to buy. 
Right. So, uh, and it's uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, of the photos uh, shared uh, today, actually, of the uh, um, facility where Alien Games are uh, being put together, uh, we see three employees uh, wearing a um, a T-shirt that says something like Mayland uh, Yutani Corporation oh, yeah. uh, building better pinball. Uh, and it also has a Pedretti logo on them, uh, on there. Um, so I'm not sure what that uh, uh, Mayland uh, Yutani Corporation actually is. Do you? Oh, that's um, yeah, that's from the Alien game. That's the uh, that's the name of the company. Uh, ah, okay, okay. So it's just a shirt related to to the game. Yeah, okay. it's the company they're working for. You know, it, the Wayland is, is one one ramp on the left hand side, and Utani is the the other ones. You have to shoot them both in order to uh, to qualify the, the the mode. Okay, okay. I wasn't clear to me. It could be that uh, it was a, a a sort of pinball related. Uh, uh, it is in a way, but um, yeah, no, strictly, okay. strict, strictly alien. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. I got it. Got it. Thank you for okay. clarifying that to me. No problem. So, um, so that's that's about it for Pimble Brothers. Um, yeah. We American get back to Pimble? anything much we, from them. Um, well, I think you you found some uh, some information about uh, a game which which hasn't uh, materialized. Shall we say. Yes. So um, uh, technically, American Pimble didn't have any news to report uh, the past month. But, uh, again, Christopher Frenchy, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, mentioned on the, on the um, Super Awesome Pinball Show, which is a Super Awesome Pinball Show, uh, <laughs> um, he shared a, uh, uh, a piece of artwork, which uh, appeared to me as a, uh, a backlash for a Prince-themed uh, pinball machine. And he shared that on the uh, uh, Meta Luna 5 uh, page and also on his personal profile on, uh, on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, the story with that is what he told on, on, uh, on his uh, super awesome pinball show is that um, he did the artwork to pitch uh, that game to American Pinball. Uh, they liked the idea, and uh, Roger Sharp, who is working with American Pinball uh, to secure licenses, um, went and uh, discussed the possibilities with the uh, the Prince estate, uh, as Prince is no longer around, sadly. Um, and it appeared that they uh, were willing to um, uh, to license the Prince. Uh, uh, catalog and, and and what have you to American Pinball, uh, but they were asking uh, one and a half million uh, American dollars, which was apparently too steep for uh, a company the size of American Pinball. Um, I think they made a counter offer, but that didn't um, really uh, materialize into any uh, further corporate uh, collaboration, mm. and that's where the story ends. Uh, so far, so at least not with American Pimble. That doesn't mean that another company couldn't step in and get that license and go after uh, a, a Prince-themed pinball machine, which could actually be very cool. Yeah, well, I think we publicly announced, wasn't it, that um, the Beatles game was uh, one million. So yeah, in license fees, yes. Yeah, and uh, not many people could, or not many companies could, uh, could. 
stump up that kind of money um, for a for a, uh, a title. So uh, one and a half million. Well, that was that's obviously what the estate wants. Whether they somebody came back to them and said we'll give you one million, whether they go for that or not. But uh, it's certainly not. Uh, it's, it's priced out of most pinball companies' uh, range. I'd say. Mm. Maybe uh, one or possibly two companies. I think <laughs> we could uh, we could guess might be uh, able to, but uh, it's a, it'll be a gamble. It, it all comes down to um, how many games can you build. Well, because, how many can you sell? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> in order to sell, yeah, but yeah. you have to build them as well. Else we get stories that we don't want to cover. Yeah. Well, yeah, we get pre-orders again and. Uh, or, or backlogs of orders, which mm. uh, is uh, something we're, we we were talking about earlier. Okay. But yes, it's uh, it, it's a it's a pricey game, and uh, well, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. It's certainly a good good back catalogue of music. I can see a limited off. edition of uh, 1999 games. Ooh, like it? Yeah, <laughs> it's party. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that was uh, that was not really much in the way of news from American Pinball because it's about uh, a game they didn't make. No. So um, let's let's look at a, a company with with two games that they did make, and that's uh, Spooky Pinball. Uh, again, they've been you know, pretty quiet, uh, getting on building games, but uh, they did take time out to go and attend the uh, the, Sh- the Chicago Days of the Dead event, which uh, I'm guessing is kind of like a, a Halloween type um, event, and it was uh, it was there that uh, Charlie Emery took uh, a Halloween and Ultraman machine to be part of the uh, the show there. Well, we don't really know anything much more about it. I mean, other than uh, that's that's the kind of thing. I think they've uh, I think they've been to that event before, so I think it's uh, yeah. a, a regular gig for them. But uh, nice to turn up with uh, with Halloween for that. That uh, a, a suitable title, should we say? Right. So, okay. Um, well, not much to report on on, uh, on Spooky, uh, other no. than uh, they probably are uh, building their uh, total nuclear annihilation uh, um, uh, 2.0 uh, uh, right now. So, oh well. Um, I think uh, next in line is uh, Chicago Gaming. Yes, they uh, are now, finally, after uh, more than a year since it was announced, they are finally shipping the Cactus Canyon Limited Editions, the ones with the uh, animated topper as standard. Right. And, uh, well, they, uh, to their credit, they uh, they stuck to the original price that they, uh, they, they asked, which uh, a year ago probably seemed quite a lot of money, but these days... Um, seems a, a bit of a bargain, and at the time they only took asked for deposits of one thousand dollars in order to secure your order. Of course, it obviously sold out very quickly. Cactus Canyons, uh, LEs. So uh, yeah, they are now going out the door. So uh, uh, they they, sh- they shared some pictures on social media of uh, I think there were uh, I think there were around about a dozen or thirteen LEs all uh, in final test, about to be boxed up and. Uh, Head off to the lucky buyers. So, if you're yeah. one of those and you've been waiting all this time, congratulations. I hope you get your uh, your shipping notification and tracking number soon. Right. So, uh, hold on. Um, my phone's ringing. Oh, you know what that means. 
Well, if it's this ringtone, uh, definitely I do what it you means. Um, our good friend Gary Flower oh, calling in. Be somebody outside with, with your pizza. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> for our time, but no. Yeah, okay, well, later. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do we have time to talk to Gary? Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah, usually uh, he has some scoops and so on. So, uh, yeah, better answer it. Yeah. Hello, Gary. Oh, oh no. Oh, dear. What, what, you have a terrible echo. Echo. Hey. Oh, dear. No, oh, no, oh, it's not going to work, is it? No. Um, I don't know where that echo is coming from, but um, uh, let me see if I can uh, figure yeah, it out. It's um, not, uh, not our we'll, end. We'll, we'll, we'll call you back, Gary. Okay. We'll see what we can do about that. And uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, sorry sorry for that uh, interruption. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, we were talking about Chicago gaming and um, and the Cactus Canyon game. And yeah. I think there's uh, a little more news on that. Well, it's not exactly news yet, uh, although um, apparently Planetary Pinball posted on a pin side an image of something that people interpret as... Um, the possibility of saloon doors, sorry, saloon doors coming to Cactus Canyon, and that's a feature that is was originally intended for the game. Mm. Yeah, that's back, right. back back in 1999. Yes, it's been uh, been mooted as uh, something which would be added to the uh, to the Chicago gaming remake of it, but um, we haven't seen it yet. But I, I guess if it's uh, if it's coming now, it will be a, an add-on kit right. rather than Some, part, well, part of the limited editions or anything like that. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, but uh, um, uh, so the post uh, by uh, by by um, uh, Planetary Pinball uh, showed an image of uh, which resulted in the speculation and an image of the word Hallelujah. So <laughs> apparently. Uh, um, I'm not sure whether that could be like Eureka. We found the way how to to mm. to do it or something like that. So, uh, so speculation on that and what what that exactly can mean. But um, um, yeah, there could be uh, saloon doors coming to Cactus Canyon. Basically, the mm. remake that is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see whether they um, make their way onto the playfield at some point. In the meantime, we'll head over to uh, Taiwan. And right. um, see what Homepin have been up to because uh, not a lot, I don't think. But no, actually, been... uh, on on that that matter, mm-hmm. it has been surprisingly quiet on uh, regarding this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned last month that the game turned up at the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas, but uh, we haven't really seen anything much more of it in the month since. No. What we have seen uh, is the re-emergence of the the Porsche Taycan game, which they uh, which Homepin made for Porsche cars to use yeah. at uh, at uh, car shows, and there have been a couple of car shows which looked like they were somewhere in China. The details were pretty scarce, but um, apparently those pinball machines have been um, turning up on their stand there. Yeah, and which um, is what the, what they are intended for. Yeah, promotional devices. Uh, but somebody did try to take some video of it and was told that uh, that's not allowed. Porsche uh, Porsche didn't want any video of the game. Okay, which, which is odd. But uh, I have seen uh, video of the game. Device. I have seen video of the game. Um, basically, it's a uh, 
firepower, uh, isn't it? Yeah, uh, an updated firepower game. Yeah. The layout of firepower and then... Uh, so, I'm not sure whether we're uh, missing out much on that. So. No, but you uh, think, uh, you know, if it's there to promote... It's not meant as a step or anything, but... Uh, I mean, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it seems to be uh, well-received by Porsche as they... Know, it was used um, a while ago, and uh, and the games are now back out on their uh, on their stand at the shows again. So it's obviously something that they uh, they are happy with. So that's, uh, that's about the only home pin news I think we've we've got. Yeah, uh, yeah. So let's move on to uh, oh, uh, let's, let's go to Pinball Adventures because we uh, we know that they've been working on a couple of games at least, and yeah. we've been waiting for the Pony Factory to. Right. To you know, finally be available to purchase, and um, well, well, actually, if I'm not mistaken, that game is supposed to be officially available as of today. Is it? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, well, um, there've been lots of requests for information about when it's going to be available on uh, on Instagram, and they haven't had any reply. Hmm. Which is odd, but uh, we just see more and more pictures of uh, games being built, but no further information about. How complete they are, and you know, if you wanted to buy one, how would you go about doing it? Right. Yeah. So, so. Uh, I think you need to need to ramp up to a, a proper launch, and uh, and let people know what the, what the state of the game is because it's it's been in development for so long now that it's kind of one of those ones that's always in development, and we've seen that from other companies in the past. Yeah. And, and it rarely ends well. Yeah, so it's time to uh, to box up a couple of games and bring them to shows. I'd say. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. See what the response is because uh, oh well. Uh, no, I, last month I mentioned uh, the date of uh, December first for the uh, the launch of uh, Bunny Factory, but uh, well, while uh, technically the day isn't over yet. Uh, especially not in that part of uh, Canada where they are mm-hmm. located. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything other than uh, some videos and 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 uh, uh, puns. Uh, yeah, lots of puns. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh well. Anyway. Okay. Moving on then. Uh, yeah. We, we were talking about Pedretti Gaming earlier on. Yeah. In, in, in relation to, to uh, Brothers. To, to and Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. So. Um, now, the interesting thing is uh, they shared a photo at the beginning of the month of um, a couple of pallets uh, with boxes. And uh, um, uh, they said they were going to make a, a lot of their Funhouse customers happy. Um, rumor quickly had that those uh, uh, boxes would contain a... Um, uh, a topper for their uh, Funhouse 2.0 kit. Um, uh, that wasn't confirmed, but um, I did manage to actually take photos of this prototype Funhouse topper, which was actually displayed at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo uh, that we also just discussed. Um, Yes, there was, indeed. There, yeah. was an, there was an area with a, uh, a Funhouse 2.0 that had the topper. Uh, and Janos um, uh, Kiss, who is the uh, programmer of the game, was present, as well as uh, Melvin Brouwer, who is a project manager for Pedretti, uh, who is living in the Netherlands, which is uh, very convenient for him 
and uh, I took a picture of uh, them both with the uh, with the topper, um, which still at that point was a prototype, and that basically had to do that they are still working on uh, the way certain elements in the topper are illuminated or lighting up or whatever you want to call it. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a sculpture with uh, a, a couple of uh, uh, characters from the uh, 2.0 game, I would say. Uh, uh, yeah, it's got Rudy in the centre, um, front and centre. In the back, you've got a, a hot dog. Uh, and on the right, you've got monkey with the, uh, the symbols. Right. Uh, with a sort of fairground background to it, and uh, the hot dog and the, and the and the monkey are on a sort of uh, white cloud. Yeah, type, um, which apparently lights up. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you can see the it's got LED strips um, illuminating both Rudy from the front and the the clouds from underneath as well. Yeah, but uh, apparently that illumination is going to be choreographed as well, uh, tying in with uh, uh, lighting shows of uh, of the game, I suppose, and, and and other elements of the game. So, right. Well, my my initial comment was that it doesn't look much like Rudy. That was uh, that was the only difference. The only thing I, I, I thought didn't look quite right. The face of uh, Rudy didn't seem quite quite how you'd expect it to be. Mm. But uh, maybe that will change. Maybe that was prototype as well, and it'll become more Rudy-esque over time. Uh, I don't know. I suppose we'll, uh, we'll we'll find out once we see the uh, the actual topper. Yeah, absolutely. So. so uh, um, yeah, so I saw a picture from the uh, Pedretti Gaming Factory, which had a, a, a big, uh, several pallets full of boxes, which turned out to be PCs for the uh, Funhouse 2.0 Rudy's Nightmare kit. So uh, they weren't toppers, but they they are indicate they're the, t the PCs that go into the machine to uh, to to run the kits. So right. they had lots of those. So they're obviously planning on building an awful lot of these uh, these Funhouse 2.0 kits. Hmm. So okay. uh, yeah, look forward so, to seeing more of those out out in the wild. Uh, as you said, um, that was at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo, where you uh, you snapped that picture of the uh, the topper. Right. Yeah. Uh, very nice. So we, shall we talk about that now? Or well, sure. Yeah. Our, uh, our roundup of, uh, of companies because we could do that very quickly. I think. Well, um, yeah, I think so because uh, well, there's quite a few companies that have absolutely no news to mention, um, mm. which include Dutch Pinball, Haggis Pinball, uh, Circus Maximus, STR Pinball, Bitronic, Quetzal Pinball, and uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, so no news from those, those companies. So let's get back to what, what we were just talking about. Um, so, how would you describe the uh, this year's Dutch Pinball Open Expo, and how how was it received by people? Because you were involved in in the organising of it to, yeah, well, uh, to a degree. I was only there as a, as a reporter and co-host of the of our quiz. Right. Oh, and uh, and video in the seminars. As well. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the show went down very well. Um, people were actually surprised how many people would actually fit into this old uh, uh, um, uh, building. Wet, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the Dutch Pimble Museum. Uh, I think it has like five or six floors. Mm. And uh, uh, besides. Uh, over 200 games present at the event. Uh, 
they, the, uh, it, it, it never seemed crowded unless you were a tournament player <laughs> uh, because the tournament area was packed um, it's a good thing that COVID is no, no longer really a thing apparently mm-hmm. um, but uh, in, in the other areas well the place was actually uh, uh, packed and, and maxed out with uh, the number of people that uh, were allowed to be in the building at the same time it didn't feel uh, crowded at all so uh, that was a good thing. I hear uh, uh, actually, I, I only heard uh, very good things about uh, about the show. I thought it was a very nice show, and um, I think the team is also very uh, enthusiastic about how it went down. Of course, uh, for some people, it's a lot of work. Mm. Yes, it was awful lot of moving machines, and uh, I think it was just that one lift or elevator, wasn't there, that uh, every, all the machines had to go up and down in, yeah. and all the vendors' um, um, parts and um, materials had to use as well. So uh, it got, got a lot of use over the course of the, the, the week before, I would say, and the week of, or the weekend of the show. Yeah. So. Um, yes, yeah, so you would, you would uh, be doing a lot of walking up and down stairs. Over the course of the show's three days, if you uh, if you were there for the whole lot, yeah. But uh, uh, I don't recall any any negativity. Although, uh, uh, well, some people got got a little bit annoyed with how some people treated games, and um, but I suppose that that that's with every show. Not everybody is uh, as well behaved as one would expect. No, that's right. Um, particularly when you sort of open them up to the general public to come and uh, come and enjoy. But uh, anyway, we, we had this in our in arcades as well. You know, you, you see kids and uh, and even adults banging on the on the machines in uh, either in frustration or in, or in boredom if they have got you know, if they've been dragged there by their parents. But uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't witness any of that anyway. I, um, I'm. I thought I thought the location was was wonderful. It was a really good. Um, place within Rotterdam there were lots and lots of um, shops and restaurants and bars and, and other places the only the only downside for that I would say is there were no hotels that close to Ladies the museum and I think the nearest ones would have been um, but probably about a 20 minute walk and I think I was staying at the nearest one and uh, so I did that walk a good few times um, particularly late at night and it was it was, uh, yeah, about 20 minutes, and it would be nice if, you know, as with some other shows, where you can just uh, walk out of the show hall and head up to your, your hotel room straight away. Yeah. But, uh, that's, uh, that's a small price to pay for it being held in the Dutch Pinball Museum, which has um, you know, all credit to Gerard and everybody who, who's contributed to that. It's um, got some amazing exhibits. It's uh, it put, obviously put a huge amount of effort into into making it um, such an attractive and, and popular location. Because everywhere you look, there are the little tidbits that you hadn't noticed the first time you walked past, or even the, the tenth time you walked past. You will see a display case, or you'll see something on the wall which um, sort of makes you stop and do, do a double take. And you know, is, is that really what I think it is? And yes, and there's, um, in those cases, there's all kinds of uh, amazing uh, historical um historically significant items and of course it's got that nice setup of the twilight zone back glass as well where you can uh, made from actual you know 
physical objects that right. recreate what you see in, in the back glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the facilities in the, in the, in the, in the were very good. There was, there, was, uh, there was catering on both at the bottom and the very top of the building. Yeah. So you didn't have to go all the way down from one end or the other to, uh, to get a drink or something to eat. And uh, as I said, you know, easy to pop outside and uh, no, no shortage of places to go if you didn't want to stay within the building. Yeah, now well, great show and uh, compliments to everybody involved in organizing this event. Absolutely. And uh, so let's talk about the seminars there because we'd already mentioned about uh, Eric and JP. But, right. Uh, we also had uh, an, uh, three seminars from uh, another Eric. Yeah, uh, Eric, Bar- Eric Bartel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Talking about the uh, his um, Magic Girl conversion yeah. or uh, finishing of the Magic Girl resurrection, right. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yes. So uh, there were a couple of Magic Girl machines uh, up on the very top floor. Um, I want to say fifth floor, but it might have been the fourth. But uh, yeah, who's well, uh, the floor? Yes. Well. Um, it's very the way that it's laid out in the hotel, in the uh, sorry, hotel, in the museum. It's quite hard to work out where one floor starts and another floor ends, because uh, you know, the, the, the it's the like floor, a maze of stacked. floors. There is, and uh, some some floors you you can go in and, and walk around and come out another point. And other places there's just one way in and one way out. Right. But um, yes, there were two magic girl machines there for people to play. Uh, which was very nice. There was, uh, I'll say, at least two Guns N' Roses there. There might have been three. There was a Pirates of the Caribbean up there, and there was Kill Bill as well up in the seminar area, which right. um, which was also used for, for gameplay and for uh, kids' tournament finals as well. And uh, and just beyond that was uh, was the uh, the top floor cafeteria. So it was, uh, it was pretty busy up there. Yep. Nice to see some good vendors as well there. Um um, who was uh, there? Obviously, um, Pinter. Pinter yeah. was there. Nicholas, yeah. very nice yeah. to see him. Uh, Pinball Universe. Yeah, yeah. Mirko was there. Pinball yeah, Universe had a, had a big selection of there. Yeah. I, I, I bought a load of stuff from PU Parts. And that was you. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody was. Um, <laughs> no, I, even I did. Yeah, all to them. I saw the prices of some of this stuff, and I couldn't believe. Um, uh, some of those LEDs, so I just had to go and, and buy a whole bag. So I, I couldn't bring them back, but fortunately, uh, um, some of the UK team uh, were over there and they were able to take the parts back to me for me. And so, hopefully, at some point, I'll, I'll get them. Yeah. And um, yes, it was really nice. Um, Pin for LED were there as well, selling LEDs. I felt a bit sorry for them with PU parts um, selling LEDs at such discounted rates, but uh, they seem to be doing all right wow. as well. Okay, so uh, Ministry of Pinball also had a, yeah. a, a booth yeah. at, the, uh, at the Grand Devil. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, of course there were plenty of souvenirs to be bought for the museum it's, itself as well. Yeah, ex- exactly. So no, it was a it was a great event. So um, uh, it's it's not like is is it going to be there again? Do you think or no. is that, that kind of one off? This was a one-off that could only be held this year because uh, the upper floors in the museum will have a, a different uh, use in the upcoming years, so it will not be very easy to uh, to to do an event this size again. Right. Well, I'm glad to have experienced it, and uh, uh, it's always worth coming along to the DPO Expo because you never quite know. You know what, what it's going to be like, and it may just be the one and only time. It's like when it was held at the Avon in uh, I, um, 
Eindhoven. Eindhoven, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Eindhoven. Uh, I so, what it really was, yes. Uh, just to clarify for, uh, for those who don't understand, the uh, Dutch Pinball Open Expo is sort of a, uh, a traveling show. Um, it has uh, been held at uh, the same location in the past uh, multiple times, but... Um, the tradition sort of is that they try to move it around um, uh, so it's at a different location uh, almost every year, uh, which makes it difficult to organize uh, or more difficult to organize because you can't just do the same thing that you did last year. Mm. But um, that explains why it, this year it was at the Dutch Pimple Museum and next year it will be uh, somewhere else. And we right. don't know where no. yet. So. Anyway, enough about the... Yes, quite. I do have to say one last word. Uh, Of course, we did two rounds of our uh, So You Think You Know pinball quiz uh, with uh, quite a few uh, uh, participants, I have to say, uh, who really uh, appreciated the concept. Um, And we had lots of prizes to give away. We already mentioned Jersey Jack Pinball as uh, one of the uh, sponsors of prizes. But we also have to say a a huge thank you to uh, Dutch Pinball. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Barry gave us some great prizes. Yeah. Um, Just mini play fields, but also uh, a white Russian... Uh, yeah, model uh, uh, car from the from the game, um, lots of keychain sets. Yeah, which um, we will actually be and, uh, taking to other uh, quiz editions uh, as well. Yeah, and of course the um, the rug. Yeah, and the translate. And, and the translate. Uh, yeah, uh, Pedretti Gaming also uh, uh, donated uh, a couple of T-shirts and uh, caps. Yeah, for yeah, which uh, nice. which we appreciated very much. Um, Pinball News donated a mug. Pinball Magazine a couple of books Ooh, and posters and cards. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. very yeah. generous. Yeah. Oh yeah, I am so generous. Sometimes. You are. Yeah, yeah. I am. My I've always said that. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, no, uh, a huge thanks to all the uh, the, the manufacturers that uh, participated in sponsoring our quiz with uh, goodies. Yep, indeed. And uh, we still have a, a few left over, which we will uh, be taking to Texas for the Texas Pinball sh- uh, sh- fest- Festival, where yeah. we will be uh, running our quiz again. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, anyway. We haven't had it confirmed yet, but I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, yeah, it's always a, it's always fun. I think for us and for everybody who wins all the prizes, because we always like to give everything away uh, if we possibly can. Right. So okay. Then there is. Uh, well, we talked about the, uh, the the Turner Pinball Deep Root Saga type of thing, uh, but you actually had a story that went uh, was published today on mm. Pinball News about. The, uh, the Zitware case, which has been basically going on for like 11 years. Yes, indeed. Um, just to do a brief recap, because it's quite a, a long, convoluted story. Okay, um, well, we'll read everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. You can just go to Pimple News and read it all. But the, the, um, the basis of the story is that uh, 11 years ago, <coughs> John Popperduke, uh, yeah, I got quite choked up by it as well. Um, yeah, sorry. John, that's right. <laughs> John Popperduke announced his intention to build Magic Girl and uh, started taking pre-orders and um, pre-order money for the deposit and half payment up front 
uh, on the $16,000 cost. And as we know, if you've been following anything to do with pinball over the past, or the following 11 years, that game never got made. Uh, neither did uh, Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland, which was also um, offered for sale with uh, pre-order money taken, um, or Alice in Wonderland, which went the same way. There was actually a fourth game called Space Mission X, which I believe was was privately offered to, to various people, though it's unclear whether anybody actually put any money up for it and if they did they weren't part of this this particular um, chapter of the, sto- of the story anyway eventually um, John ran out of money um, his company the, who they paid the money to Zidware um, kind of collapsed and they tried to make some magic girl machines as we've seen before including the two that were at the Dutch Pinball Open Expo now they they were delivered as uh, non-functioning and uh, unplayable and um, that was kind of the end of the story until John went to work for Deep Root Pinball to design games. At that point, um, or in fact, um, slightly before that point, uh, some of the buyers who had paid money for Magic Girl, Raza, and Alice in Wonderland got together, sought legal advice as to what they could do to try and recover any of their money. There was no money because John had spent it all on developing the games and never got around to building them before the money ran out. Um, and then um, basically sued him for, uh, for their money back, which um, they won their case against him because um, he promised to deliver them games and he didn't. So, so they won their case, but um, there was no money left in order for uh, any money to be paid back to, to the buyers. So it was uh, rather a pyrrhic victory at that point because they couldn't. Well, they, they they were in the right, but that didn't help them get any money back. Right. Um, that then John went to work for Deep Root, and um, it then transpired that he had transferred a whole bunch of assets to Deep Root, including the rights to make Magic Girl, Reza, Alice in Wonderland, um, and other games, which. As it turned out, it was only signed after the judgment against him had been made, but apparently he, um, his lawyers argued that it, it was a, an oral um, undertaking to transfer it. And, um, and of course, all, all this time, John has no money, and yet he has all these lawyers representing him and defending him in court. And um, so uh, all that was being paid for by Deep Root, but um, after the buyers won their court case and were on the verge of trying to recover some of the assets and were inquiring from Deep Root what happened to all this stuff, um, John went into bankruptcy along with Zidware. And um, that seemed to be the end of it. And just recently, as we were talking about, we saw some of these assets appear uh, in the Deep Root bankruptcy auction. But um, it seemed like there was there was ne- there was nothing there for the buyers to get. But as um, their lawyer uh, Zane Smith was going through John's bank accounts, he discovered that John was paying for some storage units, or paying the rental on some storage units. And uh, when d- dug further into that, it turned out that nearly all the stuff from the Zidware studio, all the um, Magic Girl and Raza and um, 
Alice in Wonderland and PlayStation X development machines and prototype machines were still in existence along with all the parts and the mechanisms and the artwork and the drawings and the, uh, the sketches and they were in these lockups. Yeah, so basically John had cleared out his uh, studio and stored it in these two units. Yes, although um, he hadn't been paying rent on them for a while so it was in danger of the whole lot being trashed. So the, the buyers agreed a settlement with, uh, with John that uh, in, in payment for the money that he owed them, they would take ownership of all this uh, material assets um, from the lockup. So that's, that's what the story is about, uh, what, what there was and uh, where it is now and the fact that it's now all available to buy. So if you're interested in buying you know, um, all the, the history of uh, Zidware pretty much and the development of Magic Girl, Raza, Alice in Wonderland, Space Mission X. It's pretty much all contained in these uh, in this collection, uh, along with some other stuff which I, I discovered, that, um, including um, the Houdini sketches for the Houdini game, which John designed for American Pinball when they first started, in, in payment for them making Magic Girl. Right. Um, so I'm, <clears throat> I was a little one, um, curious as to who would claim ownership of that. Um, that that artwork and, and playfield sketches because it was done for American Pinball, but they ultimately decided not to not to pursue that and scrap that whole design and got Joe Bowser to redesign it and with different artwork. Right. So none of that was ever used, but that that stuff's in this collection as well. So it's uh, anyway. Have a look at the article. There's a lot of interesting pictures of, of what's. Um, where What's can there? people read this uh, wonderful article? Uh, yes, indeed. Just go to pinballnews.com. It's right there on the front page, lead story. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of pictures there and, and interviews with, uh, with Zane, the, uh, the group's lawyer, and who, who gives a much better description of the whole process that they had to go through in order to, to get that far than, than I can. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, now, before uh, uh, saying goodbye, there is uh, one item uh, that we forgot to discuss on our uh, uh, last episode, uh, the uh, where we re recapped Pinball Expo. Mm. Uh, but it, it, uh, it's a rather interesting item, although we can't say very much about it. But... Uh, what caused a little bit of a buzz at uh, Pinball Expo was um, a flyer that was um, uh, uh, printed by Henrik Maurer of uh, uh, Pinball Dreams in Germany. And uh, on that flyer uh, it showed um, the one-of-a-kind fiberglass kiss uh, pinball machine produced by Belly in 1979, and um, Henrik had come to uh, to Pinball Expo to to find out more information about the game, uh, which I was happy to help him with by uh, connecting him to uh, Jim Petla, the mm -hmm. designer of the game, and also uh, Ellen Reisman, who was an engineer at Belly that uh, that worked on uh, uh, on the, that that rare prototype. And um, I was there when Ellen uh, saw the uh, the flyer with the picture of the game, and uh, saw his response, and that was uh, that was really something wonderful to uh, to see because he uh, he was looking at a game that he figured was lost for forty years, and all of a sudden he's looking at it, and they have it in pristine condition, working, and uh, and so on. 
Um, so that flyer was, um, uh, I was given a couple of copies and Ellen uh, uh, Reisman, I think, was uh, showing a couple of people um, that the game existed on the uh, and he showed them on the show for before you knew it uh, people were asking me for uh, for flyers uh, as they figured that I was behind this whole uh, project I'm not um, that is uh, uh, Henrik Maurer of uh, of Pinball Dreams uh, and he's uh, actually working together with uh, uh, a uh, a partner which I uh, didn't write down the name. I think its name was Ingo, um, but don't put pin me down on that. <laughs> um, uh, but the, they both were at Pinball Expo. Uh, the story is um, they located this uh, this fiberglass belly kiss pinball machine um, at the home of a former employee of uh, Bolly Wolf. Um, mm -hmm. who briefly manufactured pinball machines in Germany as well. And um, they were able to buy it and uh, restore it, and they, they immediately knew, like, they had never seen this cabinet because it's a really different cabinet. And uh, um, uh, so they took pictures, uh, they, they made this flyer, and they went to Pinball Expo to get more information, and, uh, well, they got more info. And they hope to display the game in a, uh, a yet-to-open uh, uh, pinball museum in Germany at some point in the future. Right, so there was just the one of these made, was there? It was a prototype or yes. a sample? Yes, and the game right. was displayed at the uh, AMOA show uh, <laughs> in uh, 1979. And uh, after that, shipped to Germany as the German distributor was a very big part of the market. Uh, uh, mm. Well, we know all about uh, German market and, and KISS machines. Right. Yes. And, um, um, well, they shipped the game there. Eventually, they never took that fiberglass model into production. And, um, well, the rest is sort of history I suppose um, nobody knows where it went and it was considered lost or trashed and uh, all of a sudden it surfaced 40 years uh, after uh, nobody had seen it anymore so that's that, that's sort of the story great okay and uh, there will the purpose, be more. the purpose of the flyer was to what to publicize the, the game's existence yeah, or yeah. to show to people who may have more knowledge about the game um, I, I suppose both I have no idea how many they made but um, uh, no they wanted to uh, to let the world know that this game had uh, surfaced mm -hmm. and um, uh, I suppose that's the idea there's also on the uh, on the flyer which I don't have in front of me uh, there's an uh, email address where you can uh, find more information uh, uh, on that game uh, and I plan to uh, to publish the entire story uh, in a uh, upcoming issue of Pinball Magazine fantastic okay well I look forward to reading the whole story right of how that uh, how that came to be how it came to be made why it never went into production and how it ended up in Germany right so yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, I well, suppose that rounds it up for uh, for our recap does. yeah, yeah.
So yeah. So uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to uh, this special um, pincast covering uh, November 2022. Looking yeah. back at all the pinball events in that month, we will of course be back at the beginning of 2023 to uh, cover everything pinball related of note that happened in December. And who knows, there may be some uh, some new game releases then as well. Uh, yeah. But in the meantime, from we, uh, from myself, uh, Martin of uh, Pinball News, and from... Jonathan, the editor of Pinball Magazine. Yeah, we wish you uh, very happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, hope you have a lovely time. Hope you get everything you wish for, and we will. Uh, we certainly look forward to uh, welcoming you to the next pinball magazine, pinball news pincast, at the start of January. Okay, thank you, and that goes for me as well. So, thank you for listening, and until next time, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.